This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Scythe and Fraser Nelson. So James, we've just seen Liz Truss's press conference, delayed by half an hour to 2.30 instead. Did it do the task of reassuring the party, the markets, voters? I think it was surprisingly brief. And I think in a press conference on a moment like this, I, I think as a politician, you want your own words to provide the headline. Mm. And because I'm not sure that they will in this instance, because she only answered, I think, four questions. And she didn't seem to have a, a clear message. And I think the problem she's got is having sacked her chancellor, her closest ideological ally, and having jumped one of the main pledges of her leadership campaign, it's quite hard for her to, to, to find a message that resonates. So she says that um, uh, she wants to deliver on the promises she made, which invites the inevitable quick question, well, why then are you jumping one of your main campaign pledges, which is to cancel the corporation tax rise? And she talks about, you know, how she is... And also everyone knows that her and Kwasi Kwarteng worked on this budget together. Mm. When she was asked that question by Harry Cole of the Sun, who is her biographer along with the spectators, James Hill, you know, I thought it was striking that she didn't really have an answer to that question. You know, well, you know oh, well, this wasn't what we, what we planned or anything like that. And I think that in terms of trying to reassure the Conservative Parliamentary Party, she needed to, she needed to do more than she did in that press conference mm. today. And I think also... In these, questions, in these situations, however difficult it is, however painful it is, you want to take as many questions as possible to show you have an answer to everything. And instead, she was off after four questions and off walking really quite briskly. Yeah, it was about eight minutes long, Fraser. What did you think of the press conference? The eight minutes was about too long for her, actually, because she wasn't able to <laughs> she was answer. desperate to go off. <laughs> well, yeah, but already she was beginning to run out of ways of avoiding the question. If Kwasi Kwarteng had to resign, then why didn't she? Is there any suggestion this was his idea rather than mm. hers? If he was just doing her bidding, how can she get away asking him to walk the plank? Indeed, why is he going at all? Well, why was it necessary to... So if she'd stayed an extra minute or two minutes or five minutes, the questions would have got even worse for her. And as it was with the private meeting with backbench MPs on Wednesday, she doesn't have the answer. But isn't the answer here to just be a bit more contrite, to recognise that you can't push through something this radical without consensus, without a mandate? And she could have recognised that she made a mistake in that. She didn't. Well, she could have recognised it, but had she elaborated on that, she'd have to say it was her whole agenda now. Remember, this, she did a whole, she did a whole bunch of things that she didn't promise during her leadership campaign. Um, like the 45p tax, that mm-hmm. was extra to what she promised. Then there was the, the very, very expensive £10 billion a month energy bill subsidy. She could have rode back on that. That wasn't what she promised. She stood, she is only there as Tory leader because she promised to stop the corporation tax going up. Now she's abandoned that. And she will find it very difficult to answer more questions about that. Like, why is she still here? If you're now giving us the Rishi Sunak agenda, then why don't we just spend a year and get Rishi Sunak? Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure, by the way, what Labour Party is going to do now, because they, they were saying that they were, they'd be happy not to increase corporation tax either, but I'm not quite sure whether they go along with her. But right now, the misery is all on that of the Conservatives. So she, this is not a conclusive answer to her problems. This is a half answer, which raises lots more questions and questions which she hasn't able to answer, and that's why she scurried off so quickly. Mm. I think we also saw that the kind of, I think with the abandonment of 45p, the kind of revolutionary phase of the trust premiership 
was over. Mm. But I think we saw another end of phase here, which was in her conference speech, she talked about freedom and disruption and things like, you know, as positives. Here, she said, what people crave is stability. Mm. And it's a subtle shift, but I think it's an important shift um, in terms of what she is trying to offer people. But it is a big shift from what Liz Truss has always stood for. You know, she was someone who has always been on the more tax cutting, disruption we should welcome. You know, she talked about young people as, uh, for example, this freedom fighting, delivery ordering, Uber riding. You know, that she was, she was, she welcomed disruption. Now mm. she is saying what, she, what people want is stability and that is what she will try and deliver. The problem is that things don't look particularly stable at the moment. Do you think Jeremy Hunt is someone who can change that? I mean, she mentioned that Jeremy Hunt was the character brought in to stabilise uh, things. Do you remember Jeremy Hunt's initial campaign? I think he wanted corporation tax brought down to 15p. Well, there, there is an irony that he wants to cut corporation tax to 15p, but he wanted to keep the health and social care levy, the right. national insurance increase that Liz Truss has jumped. Which is, I, I thought it was, I thought presentationally, and I know I think he's coming back from abroad, but it was presentation having a mistake not to have the two of them together mm. because it would have provided some alternative focus other than just on her, which I thought was very difficult for her for the reasons that, that Fraser says in, in these circumstances. But Fraser, is this the Rishi Sunak agenda now, given that Jeremy Hunt supported Rishi Sunak during the leadership campaign after he was knocked out? Well, we still elements of it. She might claim to be trussite. I mean, there is the there is the decrease in national insurance in keeping with the Tory party manifesto. I mean, that was one of her lines. She was saying, we as Tories need to keep the promises we made to be voters in the last election, and that is that we will not increase the personal tax. That, for now, still stands as corporation tax that's going up. But I have to say, there's a very thin line. And she might have regarded this as being half a concession, therefore she keeps half of her credibility. That's not the way I see it. I'm afraid to say I think her credibility is now shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that asking Quilly Quartang to walk the plank is a little bit unfair. As I, I mean, I do, I do wonder if he's going to go public and say, for example, that, it was, that she was keener than him, for example, <laughs> on the 45B abolition, on, right. on, on not saying anything about spending when he announced, um, announced his cuts. Uh, so, uh, and she's also keener than him on sacking Tom Scholar. Mm. The Permanent Secretary of the Treasury. And I think given the role that, that Tom Scholar played in terms of relations with the Bank of England, which has obviously been such a feature of the reaction to the mini budget, there is obviously a particular issue there. I think that, you know, I think it was interesting. He, his resignation letter is not uh it's not an attack on her, but it makes it quite clear mm. that she sacked him. Yes. Whereas her letter to him almost tries to suggest that he's resigned in the national interest and she thanks him for that. Whereas he is quite clear that he was sacked rather than resigning. It's interesting, those letters, actually, because I think, to me, it read quite clearly as if she had said to him, look, why did he offer to resign and we'll do it that way? And he was thinking, <laughs> no, 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 this is outrageous and the world has got to see what you're doing. So that was the first, that was an important potential signal of tension between them, because if he does go into tell the side of the story, that can be very interesting. And I think the Tory MPs, um, I spoke to a lot of them um, yesterday about this, I... I suspect my gut feeling is that they'll look at their press conference and think she's got to go. But mm-hmm. the only reason that they're not saying so openly is because they haven't yet worked out what to do afterwards. Mm-hmm. Now, the last time they wanted to get rid of a prime minister but didn't really think about what to do afterwards, you ended up in this mess. So the Tories have perhaps learned from this that it's time to think things through. But I would certainly be surprised if she is still here in Easter. And I, 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 to be Gosh. honest, I suspect quite a shorter time frame now. Because if you take away, if you've got this trust, 
with that Women's Trust agenda. Yeah. If you take away uh, her, her manifesto was one of change, of radicalism, of we can't go in this direction, we've got to take it. We it'll be crazy. She was saying. I, I mean, we, we're sure the quotes will be thrown back at her over the next few days. Crazy to increase corporation tax at the time. No other developed country in the world is right, doing this. Right, right. You know, it's not. It's not as if she. Not just that she said it would be nice to freeze it. She was saying it would be ridiculous, economic madness to increase taxes, which is now exactly what she's doing. So how sustainable that position is politically, I don't know. Um, what would you give her? I think what is difficult is that as recently as Wednesday, she was arguing against an increase in corporation tax. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she's also doing the full fat increase in corporation tax. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, so, so it could have been like 1p or 2p, but no, she's going to go the whole... And I, think, I, think this is, I think the other difficulty, which will worry a lot of Tory MPs, was when she said spending will rise more slowly than planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are obviously many ways, different ways that, that what that could mean, but if that means cuts to budgets, that is difficult, especially given who she's just appointed as Chancellor. We know Jeremy Hunt, as chairman of the, uh, the Health Select Committee, has argued for more money for health. Mm-hmm. Now, health makes up 40% of, by the end of this parliament, health will make up more than 40% of day-to-day government spending. If health is going to be protected from these cuts and actually have its budget increased, the pay and the pain that falls out as well will be even mm. greater. And also remember that, um, as Katie Balls writes on Coffee House, you know, the trust team was pointing out that Jeremy Hunt shares uh, Liz Truss's view of increasing defence spending to 3% of GDP. So if defence spending is going up from where it is now to 3% of GDP by the end of the decade, health spending is going to go up. That, you know, that suggests some really quite painful reductions in other departments. So she's not out of the woods yet. Um, Fraser, what's going to happen over the next few days? Because there are no particular flashpoints, but are MPs just going to be plotting in the background? Well, it'll be interesting to see how her backers respond to this. She's had quite good support from the Daily Mail and the Daily Telegraph. They're very much in favour of the budget. At last, a true Tory budget, says the Daily Mail. I wonder what they're going to be saying mm. tomorrow. Are they going to be sticking with the, the candidate they recommended for the job? Or are they going to say, well, now she's abandoned their agenda and they're going to abandon her? I'm not a great believer of the, the power of newspapers when it comes to influencing these things, by the way. I mean, we journalists will report, very seldom do we make the weather, but it was still, uh, I think if she's in a situation now where she's facing a lot more hostility with hardly any covering fire at all, then that will make this more a question of how, how long she can survive for. The markets, by the way, were quite chill today. They expected the um, they expected the climb down, they, the gold market rallied, then the, the FTSE rallied. Um, but I don't really think that the markets were wanting necessarily a climb down. I just think they were wanting a balanced budget. Mm. There were lots of ways of her for which she could persuade the market without doing what she's doing. I'm not quite sure how many of them were calling for Quasi Quartang's head either. He's been he's a sacrificial lamb and he's been um, offered up to the gods of the guild markets. But I'm not quite sure if, if that was what, what, what they wanted. Um, so the Conservatives are in a pretty bad place, I would say, stuck with a leader whose agenda has already collapsed in a matter of weeks. And I imagine this will not do wonders for her own popularity, which was anyway charting new negative territory. Right. Well, James and Fraser, thanks very much. And thank you very much for watching. If you want to hear more political analysis from The Spectator, do check out our daily politics podcast, Coffee House Shots.